0: Well, welcome to our fourth week of Advent here at New Hope Community Church, where we look forward with anticipation and longing, um, just desiring for Christ to return. Uh, The first week of Advent, we uh, spoke about the advent of hope, that through the birth of Jesus, our dark world, our darkened hearts, our darkened understanding, Jesus, through his incarnation, brought, turned our despair into hope. All right, and hope does disappoint, Romans 5 says, because the Holy Spirit has been poured out to us. And then we talked about the advent of peace or the shalom of God. And remember, shalom is not the absence of war, but shalom is the restoration of something that was once broken. Our hearts were broken, our bodies were broken, our souls were broken, and when Jesus Christ came, He restored what was once broken. And then last week, we talked about the advent of uh, love. We all know John 3.16, for God so loved the world that He gave but John three seventeen says, for God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. In other words, love is the motive why God sent his son into the world. Love is the motive which led Jesus to the cross and ultimately was resurrected from the dead. And today we're gonna to talk about the advent of joy. Joy is the response of whether it was the wise men or the shepherd or Mary or Martha or Mary. Um, that the news of Jesus brings about joy in our hearts. All right, so with that, uh, next Friday, we would, or next Saturday rather, we would love for you to join us for our Christmas Eve candlelight service. If you could join us in person and we will light the center, the main star, which is the Christ candle. Let's go turn into the word this morning. Well, thank you for joining us as we resume and continue in our Advent series called Comfort and Joy. And today we'll be meditating on the Advent of Joy. And so if you would, would you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 2, Matthew chapter 2. And before we head there, I read an interesting article this past week that in 2015, a Denmark researchers they attempted to detect and localize the Christmas spirit in the human brain. So they're trying to find out if they could ascertain and look and find where the Christmas spirit is in the part of their brain. And when the study subjects they were shown holiday images, they exhibited clusters of increased uh, activity in their sensory motor cortex, in the premotor and Primary motor cortex and the parietal uh, lobule. What the heck does that mean? It means that Christmas, it, there is an activity in these uh, areas of the brain that Christis, Christmas makes people happy and it brings about joy. And, uh, you know, I got my Aloha shirt that I just got for Christmas, and uh, this is actually a Mandalorian uh, with. Uh, you know, Mando and baby Yoda or Grogu. And, you know, I just, in the spirit of joy and the advent of joy, I thought I would start off this morning with some dad jokes, not just dad jokes, but Christmas dad jokes. All right. Cause I'm a proud dad wearing dad jeans. I'm sporting the dad bod uh, to boot. So let's go. All right. So Let's start off with some Bible Christmas dad jokes. What did Adam say the day before Christmas? It's Christmas Eve. It's Christmas Eve, Eve. All right. Okay. Here's another one. How did Mary and Joseph know the weight of baby Jesus when Jesus was born? because they had a way, in a manger, like a weighing scale away. Weigh, all right, <laughs> here's, here's a, a Santa one. Why does Santa have three gardens? So he can ho, ho, ho. <laughs> and last but not least, here's one for you, Gen Z and your young people out there. Why does Drake, the artist Drake, right? God's plan, last name ever, first name greatest, why does Drake love giving gifts? Because he's really good at rapping. Wrapping gifts and rapping, spitting on the mic. All right, anyways, so let's get some joy in you as we anticipate one more week till Christmas. And we're going to read Matthew's account of the birth of Jesus in chapter 2. And specifically, we're going to look through the Magi's journey of joy to the first advent of Christmas. So, Matthew chapter 2. It will read from the ESV version. And behold, the star that they had seen what, when it rose, went before them until it came to rest over to the place where the child was. Okay, so there was a star le- leading the Magi. In verse 10, when they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary his mother. And they fell down and worshipped him. You notice there? It doesn't say they worshipped her, meaning Mary. There is no Mary worship, but there is a Jesus worship. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts and gold and frankincense and myrrh. This is the word of the Lord. Let's pray. And so, Father, we thank you because you are the source of joy. Your word says... In your presence there is fullness of joy and in your right hand there's pleasures forevermore lord you are the fountainhead of pleasure and joy and happiness and hope and peace and love and so as we approach the final week heading into christmas day oh lord where we commemorate where we celebrate your birth i pray that you would fill us your people with joy, not because of our circumstances, not because of our possessions, not because of what we have or what we don't have, but our joy is transfixed. Our joy is dependent upon you, Jesus, the author of joy. So Lord, I pray right now that you would fill us with your Holy Spirit and that you would renew our minds as we Uh, encounter you through your word. We love you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. How many of you guys enjoy uh, road trips? Like, I know over here in Oahu, we can't really go far. You know, when the kids were, uh, just a couple years ago, when the kids were homeschooled, we used to Sabbath as a family on Monday, and we would go on a road trip to the different parts of the island. We would go to the west side, you know, to um, Makaha Beach, or we could go to Yokohama or Mokula'iya or Ka'ana Point. Um, or we go to the north side or the north shore with Hala'iva, uh, Malikahana, Pounders, uh, Wahiwa, and just we would take these long drives and just kind of enjoy the journey. And enjoy um, not so much the destination, but also enjoy the journey of getting there. And we usually had a couple of rules. Number one is hey, no phones in the car. When we're in the when we're driving for an hour, an hour and a half, sometimes two hours, one way, you know, that hey, no phones in the car, no Instagram to distract you, no TikTok, none of that, no looking through offer up or anything. But let's just enjoy outside, let's go through. Um, enjoy talking one another to, to one another and so either we would be completely uh, quiet and there would be uh, no music and everybody just kind of look out the window and and kind of quiet our souls or we listen sometimes to worship music or we listen to a, um, an audiobook or Adventures in Odyssey and usually in that journey we would have little stops at 7-eleven where we get uh, musubis and uh, melona bars and you know Diet Coke for me Um, You know, before the pandemic, pre-pandemic, when my family and I would visit or would stay in LA, we would visit my brother in San Francisco, but instead of flying there, we would always have a road trip. We would always go on this journey. We enjoyed stopping by different sites. and. you know, driving around long stretches of road, you know, the, uh, the, the mountains are different, the trees are different, the topography is different. Uh, when you go through the scenic route, uh, Highway 1 in California and not cut through the 5, uh, you just kind of enjoy the journey, you know, because we could go there by plane and be there in 45 minutes or we can take a 5, 6, six hour um, drive and enjoy the journey. And, you know, those things are, are things that created a memory of a lifetime, and we, I enjoyed every moment of it. It just it caused us to be still and to enjoy uh, nature around us. Well, this morning we read of another journey, and it's the journey of the wise men from the East who came to worship Jesus, this young King of the Jews. Now, there are many interesting elements in this story, in this short narrative, as uh, Specifically, we don't know the exact identity of these wise men, all right, or these magi, uh, nor an explanation. All of a sudden, the star appeared um, that helped them to identify the Messiah's birth. You know, Matthew, the Gospel of Matthew doesn't tell us much either, but what he does highlight is that the magi had this intent and purpose to worship Jesus. And as they worshiped Jesus, they saw the star, that in their journey of the arrival or the advent of the birth of Jesus, they experienced great joy. Not only great joy, but it says exceedingly great joy. And this great joy in Matthew chapter two, it's contrasted by the hostility of Herod and all of Jerusalem at uh, juxtaposed to the birth of Jesus. And these Magi, they have some exposure to the Old Testament. Um, they were, uh, it says that they, these Magi came from the East. Now, although many Jews returned to Jerusalem after being uh, captive in Babylonian deportation, several Jews remained on the East side. And if the Magi, they came from Babylon, it would have been a roughly a 900 mile journey, which means they would have traveled several weeks or several months on camel and by foot to uh, go on this journey of worshiping Jesus. And the purpose of the Magi's journey is that they would bow down and worship him. Matthew 2.11, And when they saw the star, they were filled with exceedingly great joy. Have you ever thought to wonder what was their journey like? Like it must have been um, pretty hot in the desert, but pretty cold at night. Um, What anticipation filled their hearts? What was their experience of worshiping uh, God? And just the, the glow and the response of offering worship of gold and frankincense and myrrh unto baby Jesus. And as we prepare our hearts to celebrate the Lord's birth this morning, it's less than a week. May we find the joy in the journey leading to that day of celebration, just like the Magi. You know, life is busy. There's to-do lists, there's parties, right? There's work parties, there's uh, family parties, there's uh, performances for our kids. Right? You know, I just attended one in uh, Cocoa Head uh, Elementary with Ezra, and then there's different things we have to go through, and it feel, it can feel like such a chore. I encourage you this morning that we may find joy in the journey, joy in the journey. And here's my main takeaway point for us. Would you text this in, and would you write this down? The advent of joy is human flourishing of living in harmony of the way things really are. Let me repeat that. Human flour, the advent of joy. What is the advent of joy or the arrival of joy? It's human flourishing. Jesus says in John chapter 10, I have come to give life and life to the full. There's a sense of flourishing or thriving in the kingdom of God. What does it mean to have joy? It's flourishing and living in harmony with what? The way things really are here. So there's no sense of escapism or withdrawing and hoping for utopia or hoping for circumstances to go away. True and biblical joy, it means that you and I are content and we're filled with gladness of heart as we are able to live in harmony with the way things really are. See in the gospel, uh, human flourishing is not related to the absence of suffering. That's to say that we don't have joy because we don't have suffering. We have joy in the person of God and because the advent of God's kingdom is not is here now. So joy is not based on our circumstance. Oh, if I'm not suffering, if I don't have a uh, big credit card debt, uh, if I'm not, there's no disappointments I'm going through, if there's, um, you know, if, or if I have possessions, if I have good health, good home, good job, then I'll, I'll, I'm a person of joy. That's not what the Bible talks about. Joy is not based on our surrounding or our circumstance, but joy is this inward flourishing and thriving in harmony of where we are, where we're at in our lives, because God's kingdom is here now. Now, in the gospel, in the gospels Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, there is a lot of ways that joy is signified, uh, but there's uh, two ways primarily. The first. Uh, is this Greek word, uh, kara or, or chairo. Kara means joy, chairo means to rejoice, uh, synchairo means to rejoice with, "Hagaliao" means to be overjoyed, and hagaliasis means great joy, and skirtao means to skip with joy. But this first group of words, um, they could be categorized, uh, as it relates to a response to those who are recipients and participants of God's saving activity. In other words, leaping with joy and, and rejoicing and great joy. This is what how people respond when God saves and when God delivers or when God um, intervenes through a good news, okay? And the second way that this idea of joy is in the greek word makarios it's found in matthew chapter 5 blessed are the poor in spirit blessed are those who hunger and thirst after righteousness which basically is a condition to those who live their lives in accordance with god's saving purpose so all that to say is that when people thought of joy back then emotions weren't the first thing that they thought of they understood joy differently then than we understand joy now. Because in Greco-Roman times, emotions were understood as irrational impulses to be controlled by a rational person. But joy and happiness, rather, it refers to this proclivities or this inward behavior associated with human flourishing. Okay? Okay. And God is the source of joy. This is how C.S. Lewis puts it. If you want to get warm, you must stand near the fire. If you want to be wet, you must go into the water. If you want joy, power, peace, eternal life, You must get close to, or even into, the thing that has them. They are not a sort of prize which God could, if He chose to, hand out to anyone. They are a great fountain of energy and beauty, spurting up at the very center of reality. If you are close to it, the spray will wet you. If you are not, you will remain dry. Once a man is united to God, how could he not live forever? Once a man is separated from God, what can he do but wither and die? So in mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis is saying, hey, if you want joy, God is the center and he's the fountain of joy. You must go to where joy is. And that is in the reality of God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. C.S. Lewis concludes this, that God cannot give us happiness and peace or joy apart from himself because it is not there. There is no such thing. There is no flourish, flourishing. There is no thriving. There is no sense of freedom and victory and joy and peace apart from a life with God. Because God is the source of that. Here's uh, the first point for us, is that because God is the center of joy, is the source of joy, number one, would you write this down, that joy is God's original design for people. Joy is God's original design for people. Look at Genesis 1, we all know this, and God saw that everything that He had made, and behold... It was very good. And there was evening and there was morning, the sixth day. There's something to note here that in Hebrew, the word very good. All right. There's no adverb in Hebrew that says in this text where it says very good. So the word there is tov tov. It emphasizes, it repeats it. It's good, 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 good is very good. So God, in his joy of who he is, he made everything for us to be good so we could flourish and we could thrive here on earth. Look at Genesis chapter 2. And out of the ground, the Lord made, made to spring up every tree that it is pleasant to the sight and good for food. The tree of life was in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So God has a sense of being an artist that he creates. He he speaks things into existence. And out of the goodness of who he is, he makes things and he creates things. The tree that is good for food and um, pleasant to the sight. And... in his book, uh, Pastor Mark Bart- uh, Batterson, he has a book called A Double Blessing, talking about creation and the wonder of the goodness of God and the wonder and the joy in God creating you. This is what he says. On September 5th, 1977, the Voyager 1 space probe was lo- launched from Cape Canaveral aboard a Titan Centaur rocket. Say, so, Boom. Check this out, and it has been speeding through, the sp- through space at an average speed of 38,000 miles per hour ever since. Almost one million miles per day. So Voyager is the first spacecraft to travel beyond the heliopause into interstellar space, and NASA continually calculates its distance from the Earth. As of this writing, Voyager 1 is about 13,490,006,617,000 miles f- from Earth and it's counting. That's pretty amazing, right? The, the speed. But guess what, you guys? The Voyager 1 will run out of gas, so to speak, in about 2025, about two years from now. Voyager 1 will run out of gas. At that point, it would have traveled 15 billion miles. But guess what? That is less than half of the DNA strand in your body if it were to be stretched from end to end. The amount of DNA in your body the cumulative DNA in all the cells in your body is about twice the diameter of the solar system. That's why the Psalmist says, oh Lord, I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. If you're watching this online with uh, family or friends, you know, give them a, a, a nudge and say, hey, you're amazing. Your, your genetic fingerprints is, is so unique. Now according to one estimate, there are 37 sextillion chemical reactions happening in the human body at any given time. Right now, as I speak, you are digesting food, you're regenerating cells, you're purifying toxins, you're catalyzing enzymes, you're producing hormones, you're converting stored energy from from fat to blood sugar. None of this is a testament to you, but it's a testament to God. But when was the last time you thanked God for any of this sextillion microscopic miracles that's happening in your body? See, the human body isn't taken for granted to be alive and to have a pulse and to have a heartbeat and to have air in your lungs, and to be able to breathe, that should give us joy, because no matter what happens, Jesus has come, and He will come back again. In the end, every knee will bow, every tongue will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord. So, praising God and having joy for good health adds up to at least 37 sextillion blessings. Not to mention right now there are five quarts of blood that travel 100,000 miles of arteries, veins and capillaries or 550 liters of pure oxygen. We inhale 23,000 breaths every single day. (laughs) So we should be joyful as we wait for his return. It's God's design. He made you, you're fearfully, wonderfully made. You are knitted at the womb. The English theologian G.K. Chesterton once said that his ultimate goal in life was to take nothing for granted, a sunrise, a flower, not even taking a laugh for granted. And so, Number two, as we wrap this up, is that the birth of Jesus brings great joy. The birth of Jesus, it brings great joy. Look at Matthew chapter 2, verse 10. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. Now, let me just go through a little word study of joy. Uh, The Bible is replete with joy. More than 200 times in the English Bible, Joy happens, but only great joy, great joy, mega joy, occurs a handful of times. Great joy, it's rare and climactic in the Bible. So, for example, in 1 Kings, when David's son becomes anointed as the next heir, at the height of Israel's kingdom, it says there was great joy. At the restoration of the Passover, after generations of neglect, 2 Chronicles 30, verse 26, there was great joy. At the dedication, when Nehemiah's wall was being rebuilt after they returned from exile, there was great joy that filled the people. You see, you guys, joy is everyday stuff. It's with the hundreds and thousands of breaths that we have, we should have joy. But great joy is kept for, or it's reserved for the highest of moments. And in Matthew's account, and in Luke's mention, great joy only happens at Jesus' birth, where both Gospels celebrate joy at His resurrection, His birth, His resurrection, and ascension. In Acts 15, verse 3, it says, that mentions that great joy at the surprising inclusion of the Gentiles being into the people of God. Jude, Jude, only one chapter, verse 24 says, now to him who is able to keep you from stumbling and to present you blameless before the presence of his glory with great joy. So joy in the New Testament, great joy, exceeding joy, it's at the birth, It's at the ascension, it's at the resurrection, and it's at the ascension of Jesus. Because Jesus is the source of joy. Now let's look at the angel's proclamation to the shepherds in Luke chapter 2 verse 10. But the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. And so Christmas joy also goes to great depths. Here's a joy deeper than every fear and every grief, deeper than every sorrow and every pain. Before the angels announced this great joy, it says in Luke 2 that the shepherds were filled with great fear. So this great joy comes in the world of great sin, great fear, great sorrow, great suffering. In fact, this child who is joy incarnate will be a man familiar with sorrow. He will be acquainted with grief and will be his great suffering that secures our great joy. So from his birth to, in Bethlehem to his death on a cross, the, this joy was great enough to be born in obscurity, be laid in a manger and have no place to lay on his head. He would be rejected by his own people, delivered by their own authorities, and betrayed by his own friend. But listen to me, church, but this joy cannot be extinguished. It cannot. It is too high, too long, too wide, too deep, even for death itself. And this great joy in Jesus, the arrival of Jesus is now until the end of the age. Strengthening us, strengthening us in every fear, in every grief, holding us in our suffering until he unseats every sorrow. And John 16, Jesus says, no one will take your joy from you. And I want to close this. uh, I mentioned before that Christmas is a great magnifier. Earlier this week, I uh, was, you know, doing some follow-up phone calls, and one of our dear sisters in the Lord um, uh, texted, saying that, uh, Hey, Pastor, sorry, I, I didn't get back to you. I didn't respond, but my dad was in a car accident yesterday and passed away. So I flew with my son to Maui last night. And It was a tragic accident, and um, initially they thought, the police reports that, that the dad... Uh, made a left, and ran a red light. But she texted me like uh, six hours later. I, I called her right away. I prayed with her, prayed for, cried with her. I listened to her, comforted her with the word of God. And uh, she texted six, uh, about six hours later, and this is what she says. Uh, hi, uh, thank you, Pastor John, for your prayers today. The officer just came by to let us know that the light wasn't red while this is different than what we initially thought it doesn't change the outcome forgiveness and grace does just sharing this because i need to remain in this truth and be reminded so advent it's flourishing It's human flourishing of living in harmony, of being okay and being content, of being at peace of the way things really are. Not that we're gonna sugarcoat it, not that we're gonna close our ears and la 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 and ignore the world around us. But because Jesus is the source of joy, we are able to um, live in harmony. Come what may, Jesus is King. Jesus has come, he will come back again. And my hope, my faith, my trust is on him, amen? Let's go ahead and pray. So Lord, we thank you for this morning and we do ask right now that you fill us with your joy, fill us with your presence. And Father, as we um, prepare ourselves for Christmas, Lord, I, I pray that you would stir in us, Oh, Lord Jesus. Uh, joy. For some of us, this is not a season of joy. This is a season of loneliness, a season of hurt, a season of grief, a season of disappointment. But Lord, I pray that we would look to you, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him, um, carry the cross, despising the shame. So Lord, I just pray God that uh, you would fill us with your Holy Spirit, that we'll be able to live in harmony of the way things really are, that we would live in reality, but we would live with hope, peace, love, and joy, because you have come down, because you have arrived. And so, Lord, I pray that we would look forward with anticipation to your return, in Jesus' name, amen. All right, well, thank you guys so much for joining us. Um, If you're able, Please welcome to come over to our Halle, come over to our home in New Valley. Join us for uh, candlelight Christmas Eve service, 6 p.m. Uh, the directions were given then. And um, yeah, s'mores bar, Christmas carols, candlelight, nothing beats it. All right. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord give you peace. We love you guys.